Hello, welcome back to the Edge of the Box podcast, a podcast by whoscored.com. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, and it's time for another season preview. We've already done Chelsea, Manchester City and Arsenal, and now it's the turn of Liverpool. And who better to talk to than broadcaster and member of the Anfield rap, Harriet Pryor. I said member, it's more like presenter really, isn't it? That was a I like pouring, member. It's Let's a poor intro member. from me. We'll go, with <laughs> me. we'll go with member for now. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Really looking forward to talking to you, Harriet, because I get to talk to you about transfers generally at Sky. Yes. But I get to talk to you about your first love, which I imagine is Liverpool. And it's been a been an interesting summer. Some unforeseen circumstances have arose. Obviously, Jordan Henderson and Fabinho have, have left in, in the last week or so, going to Saudi Arabia. Let, let, let's start with that. Mm-hmm. I think we all knew that Liverpool needed a bit of a midfield rebuild, but this has really accelerated it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's funny because obviously the players that we knew were leaving, we said goodbye to on the last day of the season. James Milner left, Oxley chamberlain Cater. So we knew there was a lot of outgoings in midfield, but we didn't think they would be players that were regularly starting. And Henderson and Fabinho dropping out of the team has come as a huge shock, particularly because of the circumstances. And I think we can all agree, probably whoever you're speaking to, that Saudi has kind of changed the game in terms of transfers and ingoings and outgoings this season. But this is really, really unforeseen and unexpected. Now, I'm not too concerned from a footballing perspective. I don't think Fabinho or Henderson had their best seasons last year. No one will deny that, even the players themselves. But I do think it leaves a lot of a gap in experience, a gap in leadership, a leadership void, some people have described it as. And that is what kind of concerns me. I think I read a stat that with all those players leaving, you lose a combined 1,600 or something appearances for Liverpool. So it's a, a big change. A lot's going on and it's just about, I guess, who we get in the door now and who we manage to to bring in before the start of the new season. Yeah, like I say, we, we knew there needed to be a rebuild, but I think in an ideal world, those players would have been phased out a little bit more gradually. But I understand, you know, Liverpool have, have, have taken the money, basically, which they would do. It makes complete financial sense from Liverpool's point of view. You mentioned the combined appearances for Liverpool, but also... I imagine the five that have gone, that's a lot of appearances from last season as well. Henderson and Fabinho are the the two that have tended to play as as a number six as well. So as it stands, and I'm sure Liverpool will sign players at at the time of recording, they haven't added to to the early business that they've done. There isn't really that that designated number six is there. I guess McAllister can play there. Do you think that's going to lead to a a change of formation? I know Klopp's dabbled a little bit in pre-season. Yeah, there's been a bit of experimentation in pre-season. And interestingly, in the last pre-season game, as we're recording now, Curtis Jones was put in the six. And I know he played that role in the under-21s for England. So that was a bit strange to see because he's been pushed quite half, five, half, Oh my goodness, far forward. It's early in the morning. So it is early. Um, in kind of the backstage of last season. I don't think that's a permanent solution. I don't think we'll see him stay there. Fabinho, as you say, was the designated number six, more defensive midfielder. He was always kind of the last man standing. And it's a really important role because Liverpool play such a high line. So that number six role is, is literally vital to everything that Liverpool do. So that is a big concern heading into next season. McAllister can do a job there, like you mentioned. Henderson did do a little bit there. He, he I think he preferred playing in a more eight-role, box-to-box role, but he was actually used a lot at the six, like you said. So, yeah, that position now does look like the main priority and the problem area if we don't manage to get someone through who is a specialist in that area. I like versatile signings. I like bringing in players who can play across that midfield, but a specialist in the n- number six role is definitely a priority and something that we need and I think if we don't get that heading into the new season there 
definitely will be problems. Who would you like to see come in in that position? I know Liverpool have been linked with a, with a host of midfield midfielders, sorry, this summer. But who is it that you would like to see come in as that number six and and into the midfield in general? Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of the links have been to Lavia, and I really like this link because I do think he's a really good defensive midfielder based on a smaller sample size. But he has played in the Premier League. He has got that experience. He was kind of a shining light in a Southampton team that wasn't performing particularly well for large stages of last season. And I think when you speak to fans when he wasn't in the team they noticed a considerable drop off so I would like him to come in but I'd also like someone a bit more experienced for me the idea was that Lavia would come in learn from Fabinho for a season or a few months and then solidify his place in the starting lineup that's not going to happen now so I think Lavia plus one who's a bit more experienced I don't I don't know who that is I quite like to see Amrabat come through because I feel like he's got a wealth of experience. Maybe he wouldn't be too disappointed if he wasn't starting week in, week out. He's got a bit of versatility as well. He's clearly a talented player and we've seen that from the World Cup and also beyond. So I'd quite like if those two came in, that would be, for me, a really good transfer window. Yeah, I think the thing with Lavia is he's he's not really a six. Is he might be able to, to be fair, he probably could if you, if you do change system and, and play with he, two sixes. He play, I was about to say, he played in a double pivot. And at yeah. the moment, the way we ended last season with that kind of box midfield, I wouldn't mind seeing him in that double pivot. I don't know if he's played as a lone pivot as much, but I think he's done a bit of a job there. But then he's a young player and we know how good Klopp is with young players. He's mm. really good at moulding these players into what they he wants them to be, into what role they're going to have in the team. I mean, you look at someone like Gakpo last season who came in as a left, sided attacker has been playing in the number nine role and made yeah, it his own within a good. couple of months so I don't have a huge concern as long as he's got the attributes to play in that role I'm not too concerned about whether he's played there before it's just more that you can see on his radars in his defensive work that he's so good in a tackle that he's really good at passing the ball under pressure performing under pressure so those, those things are more important to me than I guess the exact system that he's played in yeah, I'm, Lavia is an unbelievable player I'm, I'm surprised Man City haven't looked at activating his boy back in and getting him back because I don't think they'll want him to go to Liverpool. Yeah. I, th- I think he's so good. He's press resistant. He's so good in tight spaces, passes, tackles. Like you say, he can carry the ball as well. I think you think back to how Klopp used to pl- used to play for, for Liverpool, that rock and roll football that, that, that he used to play. Someone like Lavia is perfect for that, whereas Henderson and Fabinho were getting towards the, the end of their careers. They, they weren't really set for that for that kind of thing anymore. It wasn't, wasn't really their game. So I actually think bringing in a couple of younger, fresh faces, people who are durable and can get around the pitch. I think that will really help Klopp go back to what it is that that he used to do with Liverpool. With, with all yeah. this going on, there's going to be a lot of, of talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold, as, the, as there always is. But with his, we don't know whether he's going to play as a six. We don't know whether he's going to play as a right-back coming inside like he did as the, at the back end of last season now. But with that midfield rebuild he suddenly becomes even more important. Yeah, so a couple of things in pre-season we picked up on. The first game, I believe, he started with a conventional right-back behind him. So he played in midfield. It was a youngster right-back, so it wouldn't be a long-term solution. But I think the manager was just trying to see how that worked, if he was moved permanently into midfield. And I think in the last game, again, he played that more inverted role where in a defensive setup he was playing as a right-back. But when we had the ball and attack, he was moving more into midfield. But he is kind of the game-changer for everything. And once you know where he fits in the system and where you want to play, then you can kind of start to build the team around him. And I don't have massive concerns about like him not having a backup and who can play that role when he's not there because I think Liverpool just changed the system. They put Gomez in as a more conventional right back if Trent's not available. But when he is available, how are you tapping into and how are you harnessing what he does best, which is 
incredible crosses of the ball, incredible ability to have the vision of the whole pitch and, and spray the ball wherever he wants. I mean, that's what he's really good at. He's so creative. So I don't want you to ever, I don't want him to ever be in a position where he loses that. And I don't think that was happening at right back, but he definitely had more influence when he was allowed to drift inside more. My concern when he does play the more inverted role is that there's so much space left in behind. We saw it even against Leicester in the preseason game. As soon as they got a ball over the top, Canate is having to cover so much ground. I wonder whether, you know, whether they will stick with that. It will be a really interesting one. I think it's a big question mark heading into the new season. What kind of formation are we going to play? What kind of formation are we going to set up with? And another point I just wanted to say, what you picked, what you said about earlier about the press and the kind of rock and roll football. Last season, I felt like there was a real concerted agreement that they would kind of step off the first line of the press because they didn't have the players that had the legs to do it anymore. So it wasn't like as soon as the opposition got the ball, you go, you press, you win the ball back. That wasn't happening as much. There'll be a real effort now to get back to that next season. We're seeing that in pre-season. It's like press, 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 intensity, intensity. So the bringing in players that are able to do that, that suit that pressing style of football again and getting back to that is going to be really crucial. And, and Trent is certainly one of those, but building a strong team and strong network around him is vital. Mm-hmm. Personally, I loved watching him in midfield for, for England in the summer. It was a bit weird seeing him wearing the number 10 shirt for, for England, but <laughs> yeah. I, thought he did, I thought he did really well there and I really enjoyed watching him. And I think that's probably his future for England, but I'm not sure about Liverpool because I think you're right when he I think he probably will play right back just because I don't think there's any other right backs although I quite like Gomez at right back the times he's played there I think he's looked just as good I remember him getting a, an assist in, in one game playing at playing at right back if Trent do, if Trent does play right back and he continues to maraud and go all over the pitch from right back it's not a, it's not a concern but do you think it curtails Andy Robertson's game a, a little bit because it stops him being able to come forward and he has to tuck in and become like more of a more of a back three. I think he can do it, but it takes away the other stuff he's good at. Yeah, it was interesting. We were speaking about this quite a lot at the end of last season because I was talking about all the players that I thought the new system benefited. It wasn't just Trent, it was Curtis Jones, it was a few yeah. other players in there that it really helped. And Andy Robertson was the one player I would say quite a lot. It's just it's just not quite working for him because like you mentioned, he likes to push up as well. It used to be both him and Trent really pushing high up the pitch and and bringing that creativity because Robertson is really, really good at that. I mean, you saw their assist wars season after season. So I do have a slight concern that if Trent is pushing so far up, Robertson's not really a natural left-hand sided third person in a central defence you know he is more of a conventional left well not conventional but a clock left back who's pushing higher forward so I do worry what the knock-on effect is for him however I do still think there was times last season where Trent was clever Trent would hold back if he saw that Robertson was pushing up it's just gaining that understanding isn't it it's really just understanding where they're going to be on the pitch at all times where the cover is and having a good six as we mentioned is is important to all of that as well because they can drop back and cover for both of them but yeah it's an interesting one for him him and I wonder how he feels his position has changed as a consequence of it all. You could see maybe a few teething problems with him, although I still think he was one of our most consistent performers in a not great season. But he is probably the one player you'd say, OK, this takes away a little bit of what he is good at in his game. Yeah, and yesterday Virgil van Dijk was confirmed as the as the new club captain. There were some murmurs that it, that it might go to Trent, but I guess... Virgil van Dijk has been one of the vice captains for, for years now. So from that point of view, it, may, it makes logical sense. You happy with that? Really happy with that. I think, like you mentioned, he's taken the armband when both Henderson and Milner weren't playing last season. So it was the natural choice. He's used to doing that. If you've ever watched him live, I sometimes, I tweeted yesterday, I sometimes just watch him on the pitch when he's at Anfield and, and just 
observe how he's totally in control of everything and everyone around him. He's constantly talking, he's constantly leading from the back. He's a real prominent voice, both on the pitch and in the dressing room. So I think it's a really good decision. I know a lot of people were saying, kind of, let's just go straight to Trent because it's going to happen eventually. But Trent is the vice captain in a season where there's going to be a lot of eyes on him, a lot of pressure for me, makes more sense than just throwing him in as captain. I like the appointment of Virgil. I know some people won't agree with that, but for me, it's a, it's a great decision. I think it he brings those natural leadership abilities and attributes that Liverpool will be looking for in a really transitional time period for them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think in a transitional season, I think Van Dijk make, makes complete sense. I mean, when he, when he's on it, he barely has to sprint. He, he just walks down <laughs> yeah. the football pitch. He makes it look like walking football because he is so in, in in control. Big money signing last year, 12 months ago, we were all talking about Darwin Nunez and how he was going to fit in at Liverpool. Probably didn't go as well as he would have liked. I think Klopp kind of alluded to the fact that he had to play him, start him, more than he would have liked to uh, as well last season. He wanted to integrate him a, a little bit more slowly, I think. Pre-season... He's been good. He's been scoring goals. Do you think this will be the year he, he really gets going? It's funny. He looks like he's got a fire in his belly. He looks like he's ready to just prove why he should be starting. A lot of people were saying it probably wouldn't be him going into the beginning stage of the season that would be on the first name on the team sheet. Probably wouldn't. He'd come off the bench and maybe make an impact there. But he's like, look, I'm going to show you all why, I'm, why I've worked really hard, why I've learned my English, why I've really nailed down the defensive side of my game. It was never actually the attacking output that concerns, I don't think, Klopp or any of us. It was the defensive side of his game and Klopp has said multiple times the ticket into this Liverpool side is your defensive work and your pressing game and if you're not nailing that you're not getting a spot in my starting 11 and that was the, probably the concern area for Nunes so I think he's clearly done a lot of work on that over summer and over pre-season he looks like he is ready to prove himself and interestingly a lot of people have been talking about his first season at Benfica which didn't go so well and then he kind of kicked on from there maybe a few comparisons we'll wait and see but do think he'll be a really vital player and there's a lot to be said for a player that's just in the right positions to pick up the scraps. You know, when you have that out-and-out out number nine, out-and-out out striker, they're just always kind of not goal-hanging, but they're always in the right areas to pick up the pieces. And when we don't have that, you do miss a few chances that should just be easy tap-ins. And people can call them tap-ins, but you've got to be there in the first place. And that's exactly what he brings. And I do think he'll have a big impact heading into next season, hopefully with a little bit of pressure off him as well because his first season's out of the way. Yeah, I always think you never see the best of someone coming in from, I mean, it sounds stupid to say that after Harlan, what Harlan. Yeah, but, well, but he's, you, a, he's a freak of nature, isn't he? Yeah, yeah let's, forget, <laughs> let's forget Harlan. But usually when someone comes in from a, like the Portuguese league, for example, you don't see the best of them in that in that first season. And Liverpool didn't have their best season in general. I think it was a tough, tough season for Liverpool in general, which probably didn't help him on the pitch. I think he's a, a really good instinctive finisher when he doesn't have time to yeah. finish. Sorry, time to think. He tends to put the ball in the back of the net and he's got a lovely technique at, at times with with volleys and whatnot. It's the one, it's the chances where he's got time to think about <laughs> yeah, where he's going to put it. it. Is. They seem to be the one. And then he crosses and, and I'm like, you're right there. You're right there. Don't cross to Salah. You don't need to. Yeah, it's so true. Instinctively, he scored some lovely goals last season. He got mm. goal on the first on his on his debut against Fulham, I think it was. the I don't even know what to call it. The little flick that, that he scored. You thought, right, right, this guy's going to be this guy's going to be something special and I think I think he'll come good this season actually I think there's an awful lot of pressure on him last season but he's going in my fantasy football team so expect him not to score a goal Ooh. in the first month of the season if he's going in there because that's what pressure. usually happens what are your ambitions for this season for Liverpool Harriet what what would you like to see happen or what do you think's going to happen it's going to be a weird one for you because obviously not being in the Champions League now well I was about to say that a lot of my ambitions usually always start with Champions League because that is just what Liverpool do best. And I'm really gutted that we're not going to be in that position next season, that we're not going to have that opportunity to, to rebuild and then 
do really well in the Champions League. So, yeah, gutted about that. But I think ambitions for the season just to be competing again with the best and at the top, that would make me really happy. I don't expect us to challenge Man City immediately. I don't expect us to maybe be going for a win in the Premier League. But if we're in and around that conversation come April next year, that would be a good season for me. We had a really good time last year. Well, two seasons ago now when we were in the FA Cup and League Cup runs. A lot of Liverpool fans hadn't experienced that for a while under Jurgen Klopp. And I think getting to both those finals, winning them was incredible. So one of those nice days out at Wembley wouldn't go and miss as well. But yeah, I think in the Premier League, just being in and around that conversation. And I think if you're in the Europa League and you're a team like Liverpool, your aim has got to be winning it. So mm. those those would be my aims heading into next season. The Europa League, FA Cup League, I think they could be really important for Liverpool next season. Yes, mm. obviously try and get in the top four and, and get back into the Champions League. But because it's a new side now and actually a fair few of those players haven't won anything. Yeah. So it's always a, a good start to, to like, Jose Mourinho used to do it when he was on top of his game. He used to come into a team. The, f- the first thing they'd always win would be the league cup. Yeah. And then they get in that rhythm of, of winning trophies. So actually winning a cup next season and finishing top four, that would probably be a good season for Liverpool and actually be a really important season for Liverpool moving forward, wouldn't it? Yeah, like you say, I think it's always nice when you've had new players that they just get that experience of what winning feels like in a certain team. I remember, I think it was Thiago's first trophy in, in the FA Cup or the League Cup, or in the League Cup first. And I was like, that's really important. I know it's only a League Cup and people can talk about the importance of it in the in the grand scheme of things. But for certain players where they hadn't won anything at Liverpool, that was vital. That was like a huge moment for them. They could experience what winning feels like as a team. They could experience what it's like to win in a final and how they do that together. And you can take that forward. So yeah, definitely would like to see... Virgil van Dijk, our new captain, lift a trophy at some point next season. And if you had to pick one player who's Liverpool's key man for the new season, he's probably going to be the one we haven't mentioned, actually, and I cannot believe we haven't mentioned him. Are you talking about Salah? Yeah. Yeah, Salah's always a key man, but I'm going to go with Trent because it just feels like a huge season for him in terms of where he's going to play, how the team's going to play around him. Like, he is the one the formation changed for, and I think we've got to bear that in mind. Like, it was to get the best out of him and because other things weren't working, of course, as well. So Salah always, because Salah is just always a key person. He sets standards so high for himself that we almost don't need to talk about it because he will know if he's falling short of those standards. He will know if he's not in the conversation about being a key player at the end of it that something's gone wrong. So always Salah. Um, I think it's going to be a big year for Nunes, like we've mentioned. Gakpo, I'm really excited to see have his first yeah, like season at Liverpool. I'm a big fan of him. Hopefully Diaz can stay free of injury. I'm going to go through the whole team now. And I'll go with one more because McAllister, I'm excited about him. I've loved watching him in pre-season. It's a steal. I feel bad for Brighton that we got him for the, for the release clause amount because in the current market, God knows what he would have gone for if he didn't have that release clause. So a lot of players I'm really, really excited about. And hopefully someone surprises me as well. And we're talking about them at the end of the season. I can't believe we did 20 minutes and Salah only came up. Right, right it doesn't feel right, does it? Gold, uh, Liverpool's top goal scorer every single year. And we, we didn't even talk about him, but there's just so much going on at Liverpool and, yeah. and so much to discuss. Well, that's the thing. He's kind of a settled part of the, pu- yeah. the puzzle and so much of it isn't. So you kind of bypass him because you just know, hopefully, that he'll be a consistent part heading into next season. And let's just finish with then a prediction of where Liverpool will finish this season. Ooh, well, let's go with, we're going to go with third. I'm going to go with third. People will want to say second or first. I'm going to go with third and I'm going to yeah. hope that they surprise me and I'm going to go with the Europa League one as well. Realism, realistic. I like that. I think that's, I think that, I think that's good. And I do think 
in a rebuild year, I think that would be really good for Liverpool and, and, and moving forward. Third in the Europa League would be a brilliant season, in my opinion. Harriet, thank you ever so much for joining me today and talking through Liverpool's season to come. If you've not seen Harriet before, go and look at the Anfield rap. Harriet's doing stuff on there every day. If you are a Liverpool fan, so go and check those guys out. I mean, to be fair, if you're watching this, I imagine you've heard of, of the Anfield rap. They're quite, <laughs> quite big business. So, yeah, you definitely will have heard of them. And, yeah, I'll see you later on in the week at, at Sky, Harriet. But, yeah, pleasure to talk to you. Nice one. See you on Friday.